14, Joshua chapter 14. I've entitled this uh, challenge message, uh, however you want to uh, uh, title it, Give Me This Mountain. Give Me This Mountain. There's a story of Marvin who was in the hospital on his deathbed. The family called Marvin's preacher to be with him in his final moments. As the, preachers, uh, as, the, uh, as the preacher stood by the bed, Marvin's condition seemed to deteriorate, and Marvin mentioned for someone to quickly pass him a pen and paper. The preacher quickly got a pen and paper and lovingly handed it to Marvin, but before he had a chance to read the note, Marvin died. The preacher, feeling that now wasn't the right time to read it, he put the note in his jacket pocket. It was at the funeral while speaking that the preacher suddenly remembered the note. Reaching deep into his pocket, the preacher said, and you know what? I suddenly remember that right before Marvin died, he handed me a note. And knowing Marvin, I'm sure it was something inspiring that we can all gain from. With that introduction, the preacher re uh, reached into his uh, pocket and pulled out the note and opened it. The note said, hey, you are standing on my oxygen tube. <laughs> Imagine having to read that and say, I mean, I mean, trying to recover from that one, right? A man late for an important meeting was searching desperately for a parking spot in a crowded lot. Looking up towards the sky, he, he, he entreated and prayed and said, Lord, if you find me a parking spot, I promise to start going to church again. The words were barely out of his mouth when a spot opened up right in front of his car. The man looked back up and said, never mind, I found one. Last one, a man died and went to the judgment, uh, and they told him, before you meet God, I should tell you, we've looked over your life, and to be honest, you really didn't do anything particularly good or bad. We're not really sure what to do with you. Can you tell us something? Uh, can you tell us something? Can you tell us anything you did that can help us make a decision? This is completely wrong, by the way, but uh, the newly arrived soul thought for a moment and replied, yeah. Once I was driving along and came upon a person who was being harassed by a group of thugs. So I pulled over, got out a baseball bat, went up to the leader of the thugs. He was a big, muscular fella with a ring pierced through his lip. Well, I tore the ring out of his lip and told him, told him he and his gang had better stop bothering this guy or they would have to deal, or they would have to deal with me. That's interesting, said, replied the man. I can't seem to find this in your records. When was this? Oh, this happened about three minutes ago. All right. And so it, here in Joshua chapter 14, we see that, 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 that uh, the, the, the Joshua's going, uh, and, and there's a story, a very familiar story, uh, or we, even that we teach this song uh, to, some of the, uh, to our children's church, uh, of the, ten, uh, the 12 spies, the 10 were bad and two were good. And, and in the story of, you know, they go in and try to uh, spy out the land that the Lord's promised to the people, and, and they see the, these giants, and then they come back, and they, they're scared, and, and they're, they're, the 10 of them try to give a bad report, and say, no, we, we can't do that. It's probably not going to be the best for, in, in our best interest to go, and it's not going to be uh, uh, the most suitable situation for us. And two stand and say, no, you guys, we can do this. The Lord promised to it. And so I've entitled this lesson, or this, 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 uh, this lesson, uh, give me this mountain. And in Joshua chapter 14, starting in verse 6, the Bible says, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of uh, Jeph... Jeph I, I tried, I promise you, I tried all, all day trying to repeat these names, and of course I messed it up. 
Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Uh, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, spent, uh, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to, uh, to spy out the land, and I, bought him, I brought him word again as it, as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly follow the Lord my God. And Moses aware on that, on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and, the children's, uh, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years. And even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day forty, uh, fourscore and five years old. As, and as yet I am as strong this day as I was in that day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, wherefore the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims uh, uh, were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so, be the Lord, if so, if so be the Lord will, be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephumaneth a Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite unto this day because that, that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron became, uh, before was Kerjatharba. Kur, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land and the and the and the land had rest from war. Let's pray, Lord. Again, I pray you just remove me from this picture, Lord, and just allow your words to just uh, speak in and through me, Lord. I pray that you just allow us to claim uh, our mountain, Lord, and just Lord. I pray that you just allow us to rest in you and rely on you as we go through just. Uh, uh, our walk and just as we try to grow closer to you daily lord i pray that you just allow us to walk out of here different lord challenged and convicted to live our lives uh, uh more holy and more uh, uh approved and uh, by you lord i pray that you just uh challenge us once again lord i pray that you just allow us to walk out of here different lord than what we walked in it is in your name that we pray amen you know, as I was, I was uh, uh, studying this out or just, uh, try, uh, just asking the Lord for some direction, uh, I came upon this the passage and I was reading and uh, uh, the Lord kind of confirmed it uh, earlier just as we were uh, uh, listening to a different sermon and uh, the, there was just a thought was going back and forth and the Lord kind of confirmed. So I started reading into Caleb and, and who Caleb really was and, and the, somehow I ended up going into what the name Caleb means. And, you know, you, you, I, I was reading the story, and I remember, man, Caleb was such a great guy. And Caleb, you know, uh, took his stand, and, and he, he stood for the Lord, and he, he said, I, I, you know what? They're wrong. They're, I, the Lord, I'm just telling you what the Lord laid on my heart. And I was reading into his name, and you know his name actually means dog? That's what Caleb's name means. And I was like, man. Someone that, that took a stand, and, uh, uh, someone that, that, uh, that did something for the Lord, his name is Mean Dog. Like, 
and so I began to think about that, and, and I began to look into that, and you know, uh, um, who, who this man whose name means dog, who, as we read, he was uh, four score and five years, 85 years old, he had not relinquished the spirit that had motivated him when he was 40. He was still going and he was still trying to do th something for the Lord, even at 85. He still believed that through the help and power of God, great things could be accomplished. Mountains could be claimed. He even says that, give me this mountain. And I remember I was just sitting there thinking, man, this sounds rude, but me at 29, I feel old sometimes. And, and I just, I, I feel like, what have I done for the Lord? And then sometimes I just, you know, uh, the, the discouragement sets in and the, the just, you know, the whatever you, however you want to call it, I just say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm done. I just, I want to take a break and I just, I, I'm tired and I need a break. And I just want to throw in the towel and say, Lord, not today. I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. I'm just, I'm just, want, I just want to break. And now as I was thinking these thoughts and I was like, Lord, forgive me for those thoughts. And here's a man in the Bible who's at 85 years old saying, give me that mountain. And I was just sitting there thinking, shame on me. Shame on me for having these thoughts at times that, you know, nah, I'm good. You know, do I really have to go? Do I really need to do this? Do I really need to do that? Do I really need to uh, uh, read my Bible? Do I really need to uh, spend some time with the Lord? Do I really need to just get up and study? Do I really need to? And the answer is yes. And, and you know, here in Caleb, I found four, uh, four lessons or four thoughts that are important for each and every one of us to consider. You know, uh, first of all, Caleb was not defeated or discouraged by what others thought of him. Oftentimes, I've struggled with this. Is if just you know, when when I get up and you 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 interact with people and you say uh, just because of the stigma or the the, the bad taste that are in some, uh, different people's mouth, you say, hey, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm I'm an assistant pastor at Bible Baptist Church. You know how many times I got in? Oh, so you're a pastor? Yeah, I am. And oftentimes, uh, to be completely honest, there's times where I'm just like, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, you know, and, and in my mind, I'm, I begin to say, well, did I do something? Does my, you know, what? But it's not me. And, you know, here in Caleb's life, I see that, you know, we, we, we shouldn't worry about what other people think. Um, Caleb's name means dog. Going back to that, you know, one person said that, the name kind of had a connotation of raging with canine madness. Uh, in our vernacular today, or if, if we were to kind of translate that today, uh, that could be compared, this man goes on to compare it to the pit bull breed who's just tenacious and gets after it and, and uh, just a fighter. And, and the truth is that Caleb was one of, the, one of the tribe of Judah. He was from a clan in Judah that had a lower culture or a poor reputation. You notice this, his father was Jephunneh, one of those names, uh, the Kenizzite, where there was a wild claim that they lived as much among the Edomites as the Hebrews, and they were not, they were not a well-thought-of group. The point here is simply this, that Caleb was probably not the best educated, nor was the most cultured, nor did he come from the royal family or did come from a good reputation, but he did have a heart for God. You know, what, what is it that's keeping you from doing something for God? 
It might not be uh, saying, I'm going to go in and take this land. It might not be, you know, saying, Lord, I'm going to uh, uh, submit to, to uh, uh, being a, a missionary, although it might be that, but we're all called to be a Christian first. We're all called to be a witness first. And, and oftentimes, is it our own selves that are keeping us from accomplishing what the Lord has for us? Oftentimes, if we're not careful, it is us, our own selves, who is saying, you know what? No, I'm good. What are people going to say? Are they going to say, oh, are they going to say, well, that stinks? Or they might say, I'm sorry, or they might slam the door on you. It doesn't matter. We cannot uh, be bothered by why, what, but, uh, we cannot be bothered by, uh, of what people think of us, but we should be bothered of what the Lord thinks of us. We should be concerned of how the Lord says, hey, are we going to be able to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant one day, or, or we're going to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. We should be challenged and motivated to say, Lord, I am concerned what you think about me. Lord, I am concerned because I want to live my life for you. Lord, I want to be concerned by the thought that you think of me. Uh, Caleb uh, became a man or well, he was not going to let his education, his culture or his family history stop him from being all he could for God. He became, in a sense, a pit bull for God. Uh, no giant, no native, uh, negative Hebrew could stop his zeal for serving the Lord. So we see that uh, he didn't care what people thought, but he also didn't. He refused to be influenced by the negative majority. And we see that in Numbers 13, And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are all able to overcome it. When 10 of the 12 spies brought an evil, evil negative uh, report, Caleb spoke in opposition to them and in favor of entering and conquering Canaan. You know, how easy would it have been if Caleb said, yeah, they're right, what they said. That could have been, that probably would have been way easier. You know, oftentimes, uh, or, or ha have we been guilty of that? If it just says someone uh, is either, or, or taking the, 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 the the name of the Lord in vain or saying uh, negative things or being uh, 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 saying uh, wrong things in front of us. Have we always been the one person to take a stand and say, hey, man, I'd appreciate if you wouldn't say that. Taking a stand is hard. Saying that, it's hard. For me, I am, I am not a confrontationalist at all. I will avoid it at all costs. I am that person to say, yeah, what he said. I, that's not me. And I remember when I started working at the prison, uh, uh, the, one of my first days uh, after, you know, when, when you go to the academy, you know, they make it sound like, you know, they talk you up like you're this big bad dude and you're going to, you know, come into the, to the unit and you're going to run it, and, which you're supposed to. But I remember... The very first time that I walked into the unit and the door closed behind me and uh, I was no longer shadowing someone. I was no longer getting my on the uh, uh, my OJT on the job training. I was no longer I was on my own. They're letting me spread my wings and fly They were, They just said, here you go. Have fun. And I remember as that door closed and I just remember I, I went to the logbook. And I remember I started signing in, and my hand was shaking. And I, I, I pulled out the face-to-photo the, 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 the -to count book, and I started counting how many people we had. It was 127 people. 
and just me with a can of pepper spray. Man, I tell you what, you ever been scared? And I remember this dude, just, I, I will never forget this, this dude. I mean, he was tattooed everywhere. And his full face, head, everything, and he comes up. And he's a big dude, and he's like, let me get a razor. <laughs> Part of me wanted to say, yes, sir. But I was like, sorry, man. That's all I said. And I was trying to, you know, I'm a big, bad dude. You're not going to tell me what to do. And I remember just after that, you know, a year went by, and I just, for whatever reason, that was ingrained in me. And uh, one day I got transferred to the, 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 the segregation unit or, like, the, the administrative housing unit. And we were there, and I was, I was doing my rounds, and this same dude was in there. And I, and I scanned the door, and I was like, and he's like, hey. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> And that's exactly what he said. He said, give me a razor. And I was like, dude, stop with the razors. And he started laughing. And he goes, I saw you shaking your first day. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, man. And I ended up having this conversation with him. And he's like, I was just messing with you. And I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> and I said, here's your toilet paper, you know. And I just remember that stuck in my head. And, and, you know, oftentimes that can be so easy to just say, yes, sir, whatever you need. Or, you know what, just go sit down and stop talking about Jesus. Go sit down and stop giving out tracts. Stop doing what you're supposed to be doing for the Lord. And oftentimes that can be the easy part to say, you're right, you got it. All right, I'll move on. But that's not what we're supposed to do. And we see that here in Caleb's life, who being 85 years old said, you know what, no. We can still go and we give me that mountain. And I'm asking you today, are you telling the Lord, Lord, give me that mountain? You know what mountain is, uh, what mountain you're dealing with, what mountain you're focused on. But are you asking the Lord, Lord, give me that mountain? Lord, I'm trusting in you. The Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can ask that mountain to move and it'll be moved. Are you asking the Lord, Lord, give me that mountain? You know, here... Caleb could have said, no, I'm good. Caleb could have said, yeah, it's all right. They're right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have a doctorate degree in espionage. I, I, I don't know. They're right. You sure think. I mean, there's 10 of them saying something. That could have been the easy thing. But why do you think? Oftentimes, uh, I remember as I was sitting there, I was thinking, why did Caleb do that? It was the Lord. It was the Lord in and through him. You know, why should he have chosen to go against such an influential crowd? Because simply the, the crowd was wrong and Caleb was not going to remain silent because the Lord had laid that on his heart. He said, I am saying what was on my heart. He says that and, you know, all it was was simple obedience. All it was. If we go back to it and we, we look at our lives and say, why don't we take a stand? Why don't we share Jesus more often? Why don't we? It's our simple disobedience. You know, uh, um, my daughters, uh, uh, <laughs> they're going through this thing right now where Peyton is kind of coming out of her shell. And if you know Peyton, she's the cuddly one, the super sweet one. That's my baby. Brooklyn, on the other hand, 
that's the Lord knows what he was doing because. But but you know they were in the nursery today and uh, and all of a sudden I hear this yelling and yeah and I, so I'm like oh my goodness so I come. And as soon as I walk in there, I'm like, what's going on? They both point at each other. And I was like, okay. So part of me was like, let me go back to the cameras and see what really happened. And then I'll, I'll address this situation. And I just I asked Brooklyn, I was like, what happened? And she said, Peyton would not share with me. And Peyton started going, yeah, 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 yeah. And pointing at her. And so I was like, okay. So I took the toys away. I said, you both don't get to play with it. You can't share. But I just remember uh, Brooklyn started tearing up and crying and just like, you would have think, uh, you would have thought I took something super valuable away from she started crying. And I said, well, what's the problem? And she said, I was telling the truth, Dad. Peyton wouldn't share with me. And I just remember thinking, that's my dad, you know. Who am I to just say, you know what, whatever, you, you both lied, you both don't get it. Maybe she was, maybe she was. I didn't check the cameras, but, uh, you, you know, oftentimes uh, taking a stand or saying the truth might, be, might not seem as like the cool thing to do. We might get heat for it. We might get slack for it. We might get ridiculed for it. But the Bible says that the, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm, I promise I, I, I thought about this verse and I, was, I should have written it down. But those that, uh, those that uh, live righteously shall suffer persecution. Something like that. That's the Chris Ortiz standard version. Paraphrase. A paraphrase. But in all reality, that's the truth. That's the truth. If we choose to take a stand, we choose to live for God. Christ, we, we take a stand for the cause of Christ. We will suffer. We will make, might probably get picked on. We might get set some comments back. But guess what? We should care more about what our father thinks than what man thinks. So we see that Caleb refused to be influenced by negative majority. He also remained steadfast through his lifetime. Caleb said that the Lord had kept him alive for 45 years from that faithful day when the majority ruled. For 45 years, Caleb had wandered in the wilderness through no fault of his own. Uh, oftentimes, I think of this uh, story of uh, Dr. John Rawlings, who was a man who possessed an unflagging spirit. He was at 96 years old. Uh, he sat down and wrote out his 10-year plan. He said he went up to heaven when he was 90, 99 years old, and he was still planning and serving. He still had four more years on this 10-year plan. And what can that be said of us that despite the discouragement, despite the, the ridicule, despite the, 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 the heat that we might take, that we have a plan of action to say, Lord, you've, called, uh, you've saved me out of a sinful life. You've uh, uh, commanded me to go and, and tell and win and teach and reach and, and baptize. And Lord, I pray that you just allow me to never forget that, never get over our salvation, to never say, Lord, hell, uh, uh, Lord I, I, I'm doing my best. But are we really and say, Lord, use me to at least reach one person. Use me to be the light amidst the darkness. You give me the boldness. Even we see that in Caleb's life. But not only did uh, uh, he, he, remind, he uh, stood steadfast for all that time, he also did not let obstacles keep him from the fight and ultimately the victory. Joshua In, in Joshua chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 13, it tells us, 
of how Caleb, uh, I'll read it to you, 13, and unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, uh, he gave a part among the children of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord. To Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron, and Caleb drove thence the, um, the three sons of Anak, uh, Shishai, and Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. And when he went up thence to the inhabitants of De uh, Deber, and the name of Deber before was Kerjath Sefer, and Caleb said, He that smiteth Kerjath Sefer and taketh it to him, I will give Ak Aksha, I guess, my daughter to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it and gave him Akash, his daughter, to wife. And it came to pass as he came unto him that he moved him to ask of her father a field and he lighted off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wouldst thou? Who answered, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land, and give me also springs of water. And he gave uh, her the upper springs and the, uh, the nether springs. You know, Caleb organized his family to fight the enemy and take that mountain. He walked the city and overcame the giants, and everything in life that is worth accomplishing has obstacles. There was an obstacle here in Caleb's life, but what did he do? He turned to the Lord and said, give me that mountain. When we take a stand and we get the heat and we, and we, we might not, uh, it might not be all rainbows and roses and we're going through a tough situation because we're choosing to take a stand, can we turn to the Lord and say, Lord, give me this mountain. Lord, give me the strength to stand for you. Lord, give me the, the boldness to declare your name. Lord, help me to stand for you that people might see you in and through me. Uh, there's a story of one of the greatest soul winners, uh, 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 Carlos uh, Damaris, who had led thousands of the Lord and encouraged so many Christians to be better witnesses. He was stricken with ALS, and the last stages left him unable to speak and greatly restricted in movement. In the last days of his life, he felt led of the Lord to get the phone book of Mexico City, Mexico, and put a letter explaining the gospel and a gospel tract in an envelope and mail it to every listing. Many churches got on board and gave to that project. In his last days in Cincinnati, he sat at a table, and uh, there he w uh, worked and, uh, helped and wrote some of these, most all of these letters, trying to get these letters and tracts into these envelopes. Though he could no longer speak, he wrote in an almost ill, in, Ill, Ill uh, in an almost Ill, uh, <laughs> in a, uh, in a, in a, he wrote a note. He said that we all might pray these folks will get saved. No obstacle could keep him from serving. And I, I'm sure there's no doubt that one day he'll get to heaven. And there might be souls that uh, got that letter who read a track. But I see this man who in, his, in a time where he could have said, you know, I can't write. I can't speak. I can't do anything physically for the Lord. He, he sat there and said, Lord, give me that mountain. I don't know what, what's keeping you back. I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what you're going through. But the Lord does, and I'm begging you to ask the Lord to give you that mountain. Whatever it may be, I, I encourage you to start, turn to the Lord and say, Lord, give me this mountain. Help me overcome this obstacle. Help me over get, uh, past my pride. Help me get past my disobedience. Help me to just be the right kind of Christian. Give me that mountain. May the God give us the spirit of Caleb 
that there is still so much to be done and more mountains to conquer. Let's pray. Lord, we sure do love you. Lord, I pray that as, as we are all dealing with something, Lord, and I'm sure there's many needs represented in this room tonight, Lord. I pray that uh, through it all, Lord, that we might just remember we can always turn to you and say, Lord, give me that mountain. Lord, I pray that you just allow us to wholeheartedly turn over our burdens, turn over whatever we're dealing with, turn it over to you, Lord, and rely on you, Lord, that we might have the spirit of Caleb, Lord, just to know that our work here is not done, Lord, and that the harvest truly is plenteous, Lord. I pray that you just give us the uh, opportunity the rest of this week, Lord, to be able to claim a mountain for you, Lord. I pray that one day we might just hear testimony of uh, how you gave us that mountain, Lord. Lord God, I just pray that you just uh, uh, be with us the rest of this week, Lord. I pray that you just uh, uh, go and bring us back on our next appointed time, Lord. I pray that you go with us, Lord, and come back with us next time, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.